It's time now for travel. It really is sublime and ridiculous because last week at Moncon we were with the Pueblo Indians uh, up near Santa Fe in New Mexico. Now, as Moncon tends to do, uh, he comes back to Ireland for a bit of light relief. Uh, where are you going to? I want to go to the Galtee Mountains. Again, some weeks I think like... Is Just that... stop a minute. <laughs> like this is, we're going for the Pueblo Indians uh, who were living in an escarpment uh, 2,000 feet above the desert <laughs> in a Catholic church with corn stalks last week. Mm-hmm. And this week we're in the Galtees. Exactly, yeah. The, the, the lush verdancy <laughs> of... Now, the Galtees are a bit different from the Blood of Christ mountains that you talked about last week. Yes, indeed. A lot lower, a lot greener, a lot lusher. But equally interesting in their way and equally beautiful in their own way too. Okay, yes. Um, And again, I'm always trying to look at areas of Ireland that are overlooked or that offer a holiday, you know, that at least offer a weekend and might offer a week um, and look at it from a new perspective. And I just happened to, so like in the autumn, I was visiting an apple farm. There's still a few orchards. Like they've always grown in the same way as like, if 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 Armagh was the big apple growing place in the north, this that area around that lush area around Tipperary and Limerick has always grown apples. Um, and I came across one. There's the the um, the apple. It's called the Apple Farm. Set up in the 1960s by uh, uh, by by the Trass family came over from Europe. Set up this farm, and they realised. Okay, you can imagine. I mean, Bulmers always force us into thinking apple farms. Orchards are beautiful. You know, in all times, in the spring there's the blossom, in the autumn there's the heavy. They have the um, crops. But so this one, the apple farm decided they were going to have a, a tent and a camping, uh, uh, a sort of a caravan park on their apple farm. And so I came down here for two days and I was blown away by it. And I just thought, God, there's actually this whole network of great sites all around this area that would make an amazing And where's this apple farm? It's right outside Care. So okay, but there's an interesting thing here, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you go, say, to the Marlborough region of New Zealand mm-hmm. or you go to Stellenbosch in South Africa, you go to all these wineries, yeah. right, and they give you your lunch and a tour mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And here on our doorstep, it's not a winery, it's an apple farm. Yeah, yeah. But, but, like, here's another terribly interesting thing. Exactly. Because, for instance, my grandchildren never ever robbed apples mm-hmm. you know yeah, which, yeah. which we spent our time climbing <laughs> yeah. over walls uh-huh. and robbing apples yeah yeah and again it's only so the family the Tass family who came in the 80s are from the in the in the 60s they came from Holland okay so they had that idea because as you say all over Europe you can stay I mean I know caravanning is bigger in Europe but you can stay in traditional farms uh, and you get to see you know you, you get to or, or in sort of in plum farms or grape farms and you get to be part of the farm and you also holiday but like this farm, anyway, it has to ha- it has solar panels because it has to have huge amounts of hot water for you know for washing the bottles and things. So that means the campers get free hot water, unlimited amount of hot water. And I don't yeah. know if you're f- familiar with camp sites, but it's often very mean. You put in your one euro and you get five minutes in a, in a shower. Oh, really? Yeah, but so it's unlimited. And then they have this whole storage facility for making the apple juice, for packing the apples. But during the summer, that's empty. So they decide, why not just allow campers use that as a camper kitchen allow the hard stands that they'd normally store their their crates on over winter the apple crates be used for for caravans so it means it costs pittance i think per person it's 7 euros to stay there uh, you know 450 for children so a lot it's a lot cheaper it's cheaper than other campsites it's a lot cleaner because it has that dutch efficiency and they have to keep it you know because they're making apple juice it's a product it's a factory um i was inspired by it so i thought okay the place is nice but is there anything worth looking worthy if yeah what else like 
Yeah, and most of the things are things that I we go on as school trips and we forget about them ever since. The main one, Care Castle. So the town of Care, in fact, has some real gems in it. The main thing is this castle, the original sort of settlement of the the O'Brien family from the twelfth century, then taken over by um, by the Butlers, by the people who who sort of owned mo- so much of that whole swathe of the Golden Vale. Um, through the from the 14th century right up until the 18th century, um, but so it itself is a classic like a 12th century castle. It's probably the best preserved castle or one of the best preserved castles in Ireland. And the only way you know that is okay. How many movies has it featured in? Yeah, yeah. and how many movies did George Hook do the catering on you see? at Care Castle? <laughs> well, there are two really well, that yeah. I remember so well was yeah. Tristan and Isolde with mm-hmm. Richard Burton. Yeah, uh, but the one I really remember was John Borman's wonderful Excalibur. Because you know they were storming the battlements <laughs> and never, there was great battles yeah, yeah. in care. Now the other interesting thing I think what the motorway network has done mm-hmm. is the next generation won't know any of these towns no. because they've never driven through them. So true. I spent a lifetime driving <laughs> through them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, and that's but it does make it exciting. Then when you do stumble across it, you think, how come there's a, a phenomenal castle? And Care never did very well. Like, I mean, it was besieged by Cromwell and they lost. It was besieged by Queen Elizabeth I because the um, because the Butlers turned on the side of the Irish. You know, we sort of always we always think that these Normans are always against us, but they they were supporting. So Queen Elizabeth blew the hell out of it. Um, and but the Butlers sort of left this legacy in the area. Some beautiful buildings. So as a so you know this was them building. It in, I mean, they, they took ownership in the 14th century, they rebuilt it in the 16th, and the 17th century, but then in the 19th century, they built this Swiss cottage, you know, this, this cottage orne, which is like a romanticization of pastoral idylls that infected in, in care, yeah, just outside care, and just a walk away from the castle. So you can still park in the castle grounds and walk through the woodlands through the Swiss cottage. And it's basically it's like the most romantic, idealized Heidi type castle on the so, on the banks of the Schuer. Of the Shore River, um, on an on a stone uh, sort of raised up from a stone idea, so you actually have a great view of the river. That's a perfect day out. Like kids are so enchanted by it because it's a sta- it's a it's a storybook cottage. Like all the timber beams holding up the detached cottage are in the shapes of n- natural gnarly branches from a fairy tale book, and inside the wallpaper is all natural is all sort of summoning up this eighteenth um, oh. century romantic idyll of of, of fairy okay. stories. It's really beautiful. Now the thing you wouldn't know about, of course is care maybe still has but certainly had a great cricket club Mm. because cricket in Ireland apart from like the cities that you would imagine, mm-hmm. like Cork and Dublin, and, and particularly, and then Limerick. Um, but where there were army barracks, of course, cricket uh, thing. And so mm-hmm. Care Park uh, was always a great cricket club. Mm. And they they had a slow left-arm bowler who rejoiced in the name of I.B.J. Wilson. Mm. And he played for Ireland from Care Park. Uh, <laughs> so they were. I, I be, you'd never get away being called that. Those names were great, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Cricketers always like to have lots of initials. Yeah, yeah. You still get away with that in India. There'll be loads of, yeah, just in three big initials. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh, so are we leaving care or are we no, staying No, we're not. No, no. Just outside, just on that road on the NA towards Mitchellstown is, Glen- is Glengarra Woods, which is just uh, going, it's like a woodland leading up to... Uh, into the Galtee Mountains, and it was it, like it's such a no, it's a quilt-owned woodland. But the thing is, it has these phenomenal old cedars and sequoias, you know, giant redwoods, yeah. because it was part of the Mitchell, uh, the Lismore Estate. 
So, you know, the butlers, if they were controlling part of Tipperary, then of course Lismore Estate was controlling Waterford. And this is in this whole area. The lands were so rich and so lush for so long. Um, and they've remained sort of untouched since the 18th century. So they're nice quilted woods with, as I say, nice traditional trees. There was old hunting lodges built by, a hunting lodge built by the Lismore Estate that had been converted into a youth hostel. And unfortunately, at the moment, that's closed down again. It's, it's a beautiful 18th century building. Like, if that can get going again, because the forest is still untouched, still has hawks and herons and kestrels and this great richness of, of, um, of wild animals. Inside care itself, there's a, they've set up a craft gallery in the granary in the old stone granary um, and again craft galleries are hit and miss you know it can be just a bunch of, of sort of old grannies creating really badly made jumpers and scarves but this is under the imprimatur of the Craft Council of Ireland so the standard is really high some really nice glassware and pottery and wood turning um, yeah next to care the next I suppose other highlight is Cashel and then it has to be the Rock of Cashel yeah I you disappointed? Saw it. Well, I did once, <laughs> but I was enormously disappointed. Yeah, like um, I w- see, I would have grown up, unlike mm. a lot of modern kids, mm-hmm. I would have grown up with history. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I got a phone call from principal of a primary school, which will remain nameless, mm-hmm. and said, "Would I come down to talk to the third class, the fifth class, and the sixth class <laughs> about history? Because they they couldn't get them interested in history. <laughs> All these kids were saying, "What do I want to know about history?" Uh. Whereas I had grown up like Brian Baru yeah. was crowned in under Rocket Cashel, was he not? That's right, exactly. He was, and in fact, just with Shane when you were away, we were talking about Brian Baru and a lot with regard to Killaloo. So we were looking at Loch Derg and looking at all the oh, Baru right, settlement okay. there. Okay, um, but yes, exactly, he was. But even before they, they said that St Patrick converted the pre the 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 kings of Munster on that rock too. So oh, from yeah. the, since the fifth century, it's been a settlement. It still receives a quarter of a million visitors. Does it? Yeah. So you know, there's obviously we all go there on school trips and then you know all the, the foreign coaches stop there but what's fascinating is because if you get a site which it looks like clearly it was a centre of symbolic importance for millennia because of that rock escarpment you can see everything you know forever from the top of it but it was like if St. Patrick did his deed there then as I say Brian Baru then the church took it over so it became a settlement you know a load of different churches and, and ecclesiastical buildings until the 18th century when the bishops moved over to, to Thurlis and it was sort of abandoned but there's some gorgeous just like 12th century Romanesque um, chapels, St. Cormac's Chapel. It is definitely worth a visit, particularly because Cashel is an interesting town in its own right. Um, there's, to keep you interested, I'll go back out to posh hotels, the Cashel Palace Hotel. Oh, I stayed there one night when it was at the height of its powers. Mm. I mean, I'm going back now to the early 70s, mm. I'd say. And it was a very expensive hotel. But it's mm. right in the middle. Exactly. And there's a big kind of gate, yeah. if I remember rightly. And you go through the gate and up a driveway. Mm-hmm. And they had kind of marketed, I don't know what the marketing is now, but it was a kind of a, uh, you know, five-star kind of hotel place. That's right. Uh, it did really well because it's you're right in the heart of the best bloodstock industry. So it was huge among... Uh, race trainers and so, you know Vincent oh, O'Brien right. you'd always associate with it it was up for sale just in a few months ago and I think back really? in May yeah. and of course quite close is the great uh, Holy Ghost Fathers rugby school Rockwell College that's right exactly it was a classic area for Ro- Rockwell parents to go out and bring their children for a lunch uh, on yeah. a Sunday <laughs> yeah. uh, and then have Rockwell the parents could afford it of course and the children would have been starving after boarding in <laughs> Rockwell so they'd look forward to lunch 
Yeah, so I mean, it was it, like it was. It was originally the bishop's palace. Uh, so the, for the, the Archbishop of Castle, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And built by the same man who built uh, the Irish Parliament building. In other words, the Bank of Ireland now in College Green. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful, like a classic red brick Queen Anne style building, and still inside the wood paneling, these Corinthian. Uh, pillars on either side. It looks really impressive. And all around, as I say, it's right in the heart of the town, but still 25 acres of, of gardens that like are accessible if you're going to have a cup of tea there. And the gardens lead all the way up to the Rock of Cashel. There's a little path, in fact. All right. But you're right. I mean, it's banging the centre mm-hmm. of town. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the old days, when you'd be driving to Cork, like, mm-hmm. and you'd be saying, oh my God, care. Cashel, Mitchellstown, yeah, yeah. every one of them a bottleneck, you know. Oh, um, I had my best bread and butter pudding ever there. I remember on a on a, one of those endless trips, as you say, that you're stuck. Now, now like, go on. You're leaving out one of the great eateries, oh. which is in Cashel. This must be, yeah, Shea Hands, yeah, yeah, for so long. They started oh. because I they started. There's a petrol station mm-hmm. as you're coming out or into Cashel Rundle. Well, it's the same, depending on the direction. But it's just on, on the edge of the town, and mm-hmm. there was a petrol station. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Dublin, it was on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And they, that's where they started, uh, adjacent to the petrol station. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, this was 1968. So this yeah, was round about then. Hans yeah. Peter Mattea. In other words, he comes over... Uh, from Germany, but he takes over the Synod Hall, which is this this old uh, you know building that had been part of the diocese, the Protestant diocese's control of the area, and he builds puts this restaurant into it. And again, in the late sixties, this was really rare for people yeah, to be starting yeah. high dining in the middle That's of a place right. like this. But then he had, to, he had to kind of take away place up by the petrol station, and I couldn't afford to be going for five star dining. <laughs> yeah, so that was sixty eight. Then his son takes over in uh, Jason takes over in nineteen ninety eight. Still doing the same thing then Jason's two brothers as you say open uh, the cafe hands which is the same really good food I mean it's not it's not top notch food but it's 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 really it's successful food based on the local ingredients and like what the food they have around there the very best beef really good sheep really good lamb um, like you know this is the Golden Vale this is Mitchellstown this is an amazing uh, wealth of good produce and as you say for 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 like 40 years uh, almost 47 years they've been like the staple Right under the Rock of Cashel is the Brew Brew, like an inter- a sort of interpretive centre for music, for traditional music, traditional dance, uh, sort of traditional arts. And these things can be very twee and can be focused on Americans. But the local, the, the group that they're, that do they're the song and the music and the dance, they 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 excelled in a way. It's slightly river dancey, but but Mac- President McAleese was bringing was always bringing them around the world. So they were the best that was available, that was sort of tourable at the time. They still put on a, a pretty good show from Saturday from Tuesday to Saturday in this specially made two hundred and fifty seat theatre. That's mainly if you're bringing a foreigner around. You know that we don't have much patience for that. But like they like President McAleese brought them to Oman, brought them to Seville, to Shanghai, to Lesotho. Oh really? Yeah. So but when you're driving, whether you were driving in the old days mm-hmm. when you had to go through all these towns or even now on the M8 mm-hmm. as it is you see signs from Mitchellstown caves mm-hmm. I've never been <laughs> yeah, no, what are the caves like? I mean impressive like all of the, we did, you know 
you go, what you do often you'll find yourself going to caves on holidays in Europe or abroad and thinking actually they're a lot more lacklustre than our we're built on a whole bed of limestone you know so we've had millennia for these very deep chambers to be built but because we didn't over uh, just sort of over advertise them um, we we sort of haven't realised their power Mitchellstown is phenomenal basically you go to, like all of them you go down a low series of long steps you're going three kilometres in total underground uh, sort of flat on underground um, down these long stone line chambers corridors to three enormous chambers and the highlight is in these summer summer concerts they put on underground in the chambers really? in July and August oh yeah like with Lisa Hannigan playing or I think this year David Kitt and uh, Margie Lewis played so you can imagine the acoustics the reverberations the atmosphere in this underground cave but for the rest of the year never knew oh phenomenal Hard to get tickets. Like tickets sell out pretty quickly. But um, you can, you know, so it's this whole range of stalagmites, stalactites, of columns, of curtains of limestone, solidified lime, of solidified uh, calcite. Mainly children love it because it looks like it's, a, it's another magic world. It looks like a fairy tale world. Now, there's a lot of mountains around mm-hmm. here, but they're like by by alpine standards, they're just rolling hills. Yeah. But they have fantastically evocative names. Like, uh, you know, when I was at school and we'd be learning about them, the knock me downs right. and the cummeras. Yeah. And when I first brought Ingrid over here, you know, like she was really, and we'd be driving to Cork, she was always enthralled by coming from Austria. Like yeah. she was... She thought mountain was a bit excessive, <laughs> but she loved the names. Yeah, and because this area has had money, the local councils have been able to input really good uh, trails and tracks through all of them. I mean, the main, the nearest mountains to this area are probably, probably the Galt, the Galtees, but they run, as you say, straight into the Knockmill Downs, straight into the Cummeras, and it, all in all, there's an amazing range of mountains. So the Galtees have this dip. They have on one side it's quite sheer, the other side is these gentle, the southern side is these gentle slopes, the northern side is quite steep but up to some gorgeous lakes like come um that are sort of these corrie lakes with cliff sides on the back on the back side of them and what's uh, with the galti mountains they run but there's a galti mountains and right opposite them is uh Sliavnamuk ridge and right between them is the famous glen of Aherlow, which we know from songs but we never go roaming around the well, glen of Aherlow. well you won't believe this in year 3 mm-hmm. of news talks existence mm-hmm. we went to the glen of Aherlow uh. to bond no less <laughs> and you can it looks like a forgotten world because it is it's nestled between as you said the 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 galtees and then the slievenamuck ridge both of which have lovely walks the galtees have these long linear walks on them but the whole slievenamuck ridge and down into the glen of Aherlow have a load of looped walks all different like from 3 kilometers up to 17 22 kilometers oh really yeah and you because park- you're a hiker so you'd yeah. love all this yeah, stuff. Not serious, but just a Sunday walker even, you know, and the, a lot of them sort of stay at the start at there's the Glen of Aherlow Nature Park, which is just right up at the Christ of the King, the Christ the King statue, which is a, a signature high point in this area. You park yeah. there and then there's walks in every different direction. Okay. And, yeah, like, and then sort of on into the Knockmill Down Mountains, uh, which are famous, of course, for the V, you know, just as this is during the summer when the rhododendron that is now creeping in and taking over that whole area turns purple. You get these magical walks. Now, the lovely Ingrid mm-hmm. um, spoke in Lismore yeah. about, oh, I forget his name now, I wouldn't know him, but he was a famous Irish scientist mm-hmm. of the 18th century or something, and she knows all about him. But but Lismore isn't far away here, is No, exactly. It? No, it's right over the Knockmill down mountains. So you'd skip over there maybe, you, would you? Yeah, I mean did we, yeah exactly, was that you? No, Shane was in about a year and a half ago, we focused on Lismore, that's fun, I mean the richness of the land there, uh, and the, the Ballyvalan House Hotel, a phenomenal 
phenomenal hotel. There's so many 18th century Georgian mansions in this area. And that are John now F. Kennedy was was a young fella. He went over there and stayed at uh, at Lismore House. Yeah, exactly. At the house. And there's, and, and there's cricket there in Lismore. That's it. Yeah, and there's now right up at Clahine. So the you know that the V the V, which is the the sort of the very switchback bend uh, over the Knockmill Down Mountains before you get down into Lismore. Uh, has a has a hotel opened in a in a nineteenth century convent, a Sacred Heart, uh, a sort of um, a Sisters of Charity convent. Um, There's a difference now between of Mercy. Sisters of Charity, Sisters of Mercy, Sisters. Uh, you know, and Sacred, Sacred Heart. Heart. Yeah, they Your knowledge of the nunneries <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired. It's a place called the Old Convent in Clahine, it's Sisters a of Mercy, okay. and they do they specialise in the food from the area. What's interesting, because I said I can name a million different lovely Georgian houses that you can spend the weekend. But what's interesting about that, it's actually the original 19th century convent. So you're eating your meal in what was the chapel with the long, oh, sort of right. very, okay. very conventional yeah. stained glass windows. Uh, Let's make good hotels. Dan Milan now in mm. Ballingarry, which technically is on Tipperary border, mm. over it or under it, uh, but outside uh, the the most beautiful village in Ireland, outside Limerick. Help me Adair, out. Adair. Adair. Mm. Just outside there. He he took over a convent. The mustard seed. The mustard seed. Yeah, he took he over a convent. Exactly, exactly. The one thing, if you want to go walking in any of those areas, the Galtees or even the Knockmill Down and the Cummer, the Galtee walking group is really active. So every Sunday they're organising walks and they're they're engaged. They're, they're open to people dropping in. Okay. And in the summer Wednesday evenings too, they have good walks. All right. And I'm sure my knee surgeon would recommend it, but... Uh, a gentle stroll won't do gentle any harm. Stroll. All right, uh, last week New Mexico, this week uh, Tipperary. God knows where we're going next week, but it will all be in uh, the fertile imagination and knowledge of Moncon McGann. Maybe he'll even find a convent for us to dine next week.